I'd like to dedicate this episode to my Uncle Jim, who taught me everything I know about the lawn business, what to do, how it worked, the ins and outs, and uh, we'll miss him. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Tea with Crema. My name is Chris. I'll be one of your hosts today, and I'm joined by my best friend, Emma. What's up, y'all? We are super, super excited today. It has been a very, very wonderful time this past year. I don't know if anyone recalls, almost a year ago to the day, we had the owner, the CEO, the founder of Wilson's Lawn Care on the podcast. So again, we're checking in and welcoming back Brian from Wilson's Lawn Care. Thank you. Oh my goodness. We're super excited to have you. It has been quite an adventurous year. I don't know if anyone was following along. There was supposed to be a mid-season check-in. But let me tell you, Brian was so popular, so successful. Booked and busy. It did not happen. And we could not make it work. So that's all right. We were like, it's fine. It's fine. We'll just come back one year, full circle moment, and we'll check in that way. So generally speaking, you know, if you were too busy, it went well. This is true. It, it did go very well. So we can't, we can't complain about it going well. You know, it almost would have been more worrisome had you had enough time. Like you were like, oh yeah, like when are you ready? Cause I'm ready. But no, no, no. Booked, set, ready to go. But that's all right. You're here. So we're super excited to hear how it went. But before we jump in, we want to do our tea checks. So Emma, what tea did you bring today? I'm basic. I brought a green tea because I have to wake up. I'm really sleepy. But you know, there's supposed to be some caffeine in here, possibly. So we'll see how it goes. But I brought some green tea. What did you bring, Brian? So today I don't have tea. So I have a monster. It's a Aussie lemonade. I also some um energy today so yes that's like a really pretty can i've never seen that monster before aussie lemonade i didn't even realize they made juice i thought they just i thought they just made things that gave you kidney stones i'm glad i hope that one doesn't give you a kidney stone (laughs) (laughs) that's concerning Uh, and what are you drinking today (laughs) what are you drinking today chris today i have the elder flower grapefruit nectar by tiny bee teas which I've come to realize is one of my favorite tea companies because they make pretty nice teas. So this one smelled really good immediately. And it's made of apple, rosehip seed, chicory root, elderberry flowers, grapefruit, and marigold petals. And it all of those things worked really well together. So it smelled good immediately. And the flavors didn't really overpower. They all just kind of worked together. So honestly... I'd have to give elderflower grapefruit nectar a solid four and a half out of five stars. So good job, tiny bee tea. Nice. Wait, question. Is elderberry and elderflower the same thing? Emma, do I look like a botanist to you? Sometimes. You be acting (laughs) like one. (laughs) No, I have no idea, actually. This is one of those times I'm stumped. I do not actually know if they're the same thing. Brian? Do you know? Because I know one of them is good. Like when you have the flu and stuff, when people are like, oh, they're out of flu medicine, then they take that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, elderberry, elderflower, maybe the flower produces the berry. Who knows? See, okay. Brian Brian is a botanist, so I will trust (laughs) him. (laughs) 
no. Okay, well, we'll look it up. <laughs> but in any case, getting jumping in with our episode. So, Brian, again, it's been a whole year because you were very, very busy. So our mid-season check-in didn't happen. But no. we want to say congratulations because that means that you have made it through a full, busy, successful season. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A round of applause right there for you. Oh, my goodness. So how are you feeling about making it through a full season, full-time Wilson's Lawn Care? I could say I feel pretty, I don't want to say successful yet, but I feel relieved that I was able to make it through a full season of being that being my sole income. <laughs> so I'm relieved. And I think Shemaine is. <laughs> I know, you know, being a partner to somebody like that's that I'm sure Shamin was like, I support you. I just hope this works out. <laughs> yeah. We covered that on the first episode. I was I said, yeah, it wasn't that I needed her permission, but it was more or less like, hey, this is do you support me? In this and she didn't, she gave me a few looks, but it ended up all being OK. <laughs> oh, we're so happy to hear that, though. You know, not that we ever doubted you, though. I will say that. I think that we were like, you're going to you're going to kill it. So. Did you encounter any surprises this season, though? I'd say the biggest surprise I went through this season was I'm working in a flower bed and I'm cleaning it out, you know, getting all the old mulch out and getting ready to put new mulch down. And I get to this point back by the window and a snake jumps out. Oh, no. (laughs) Probably about maybe two, two and a half foot long. That's a big snake. I don't even like bugs. I don't like bugs, bees, wasps, whatever. Doesn't matter. If it flies, crawls, I don't do it. So I go to running. I'm all out in the middle of the yard. I'm just <laughs> like a crazy man and <laughs> nothing else is on me. So I go back over to the flower bed just to see, because I had my shovel. I was ready. I was I was ready to, oh. to um, for lack of better words, murder. The- <laughs> because I, w- I, I couldn't, wor- I was not going to work. I was going to literally text the customer and say hey look there's a snake here i'm out so went over and i didn't find the snake didn't see it you know and i don't know if it just you know slithered away somewhere else but i continued to work finished i hurried up cleaned out what i was doing put down the new mulch and left (laughs) (laughs) that was a scary surprise because i don't like i don't like bugs i know i'm outside all day i hate bugs i hate things that fly crawl whatever don't do it. you are you are better than me because had I seen that snake, I would have been like, sorry, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing. It was kind of weird because they had already paid me, so I couldn't just... Oh. Yeah, they. one of the rare moments that someone pays me before I'm done with the job, so... <laughs> See, they knew the snake was in there. They're like, if we pay him, he cannot leave. <laughs> and I'm going to send them this episode personally so they can... <laughs> I didn't drop any names, but yeah. just know that this was you. Question number two was you. <laughs> oh my god, not two to three feet. I wouldn't even. Yeah, it was. It was pretty. It, at least it looked that way to me. I don't know. It, it could have could have been magnified by my fear. I have no idea, but it it was definitely nothing I wanted to at that moment. I don't Especially know. It's Texas. Texas. It very well could have yeah. been. Yeah, it could have been. It could have been non-venomous. It could have been a friendly snake. I don't know. I wasn't gonna stick around to find out. I ran first and then came back. It was gone. <laughs> you guys both got scared of each other. You're like ah snake, and I was like ah Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Fine by me. 
So after going full-time, all Wilson's lawn care, all the time, were there any challenges that were a little bit different from when it was just the side hustle, like the thing that you were doing on the side in addition to full-time work? Um, so challenges, one of the biggest challenges this past season was the, um, what, two and a half, three month drought of rain we had in Texas. And um, the biggest thing, the biggest challenge with that was, you know, that the lawns just weren't producing as they were before. So they weren't growing as fast. Had a lot of clients who went from being mowed every week to asking me to come every two weeks. And I had some of my bi-weekly customers telling me, hey, I'll, I'll call you when I need you. So that was an issue within itself as far as income, because, of course, you know, you go from mowing one yard four times a month to mowing it twice, or you go from mowing it a lawn twice a month to, hey, I'll call you when I need you. It kind of, you know, it was kind of, it was a huge challenge for a while. And that just meant I needed to reach out and do more or reach out and get more clients. You know, it all worked out in the end, but that was really kind of a, a moment where it kind of really slowed down for me for a while. So that was one of the big challenges I've overcome this season. It's definitely probably not one of those things that you want to go into your first full season in Texas is like drought. Yes. Yes. I mean, it was, I was rolling really hard there from April to, I don't know, maybe mid June. I was, you know, 15, 16, sometimes 18 yards a day. And then the drought hits and okay, 12. All right. Not too bad. Mm-hmm. Drought continues to go on. Then I'm doing like eight oh, man. And, or eight on some day, not every day, but it would be, it would be days that, yeah, I would, I would have eight or nine lawns, which is, you know, to some people are like, oh gosh, that's a lot. Um, not really. I mean, mm. I want this to be a successful business. So it was, that was definitely a challenge for me. And, it, and I wasn't the only one that felt it. I have colleagues in the neighborhood that I, that I've befriended this year and we've, you know, spoke about it as well. And it, it definitely went around the North Texas area for sure. So we definitely suffered a little bit with that. Do you have like a, like a community of like others who also have businesses like similar to yours, either in like in the same industry or do you have like, do you have a supportive? <laughs> I am part of like a couple of groups on, well, one group is on Facebook. It's a, it's a lawn mowing. I, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's just a group of guys that have lawn crews or they mow lawns or whatever and that's a facebook group and i have a separate like messenger group with a guy who invited me to a group of you know entrepreneurs and that are in this business so and then just individually having friends that i speak with just in the neighborhood i've befriended a couple of guys who work in the in my same neighborhood and so not really necessarily support groups but something i can bounce ideas off of which is so helpful, right? It's it's not just you having to figure out like, okay, where can we go today? Is anyone else feeling like this? Is it just me? Like, I think that's that's like super important, especially in your first year, y'all. Yeah, yeah, very. That was helpful. Yeah, but now I'm kind of curious about this Facebook group in terms of like, how can how because it's a local business, so it's based on an area. Mm-hmm. So I'm just thinking of like. How does that work in terms of, cause obviously you're not the only person in your area that has this company. So then how do you balance, you know, collaboration versus, you know, a little friendly competition? I'm not the one to brag. I'm sorry. So please don't take it this way. Even the listeners or you guys with me, the way I feel is I will put my one man crew, meaning me up against a crew of five, a crew of six, doesn't matter. So I don't see it as competition or even friendly competition. They're just people that are in the same field I'm in, 
They do what I do every day. They know what I go through. I know what they go through. So I don't view anyone as competition because I'm not, I'm not going to go and seek that person's clientele and I expect the same respect back. Now, if it gets to that, then that's when I feel it becomes competition, but I don't, I don't view any of them that way. And it's not in a boastful way, but I just don't, I don't view it that way unless they bring it to me. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think seems like a fair set of like rules for engagement for everyone. Cause then, you know, then when you start like poaching all of your clients, then, you know, it makes it hard to then build those connections. And I would imagine it then harder to have that, that community. Cause ultimately, like you don't want to feel like you're doing something completely alone, but it's hard to make connections when you're poaching everybody's clients. This is true. <laughs> and which, which I, I feel like, or a lot of us in, at least in this neighborhood, it's just so many homes to, or so much potential, I should say, to, to be successful that you shouldn't have to go after the next guys or Cruz clientele to make yourself a household name. You don't go in and undercut price because a lot of times we won't even share what we charge because of because of that, because you never know if you're telling a snake your business. You know, if I say, hey, I'm going to I charge this person 25 bucks, they'll go in and say, OK, I can I can go ring the doorbell and tell them I'll do it for 20. So I, I usually never share what anyone pays me at all, because that's just that's rule number one for me. I don't share, you know, the pricing. So. I never considered it from the, I guess, the other perspective in my head. I'm like, I want to go and I want to know what the price is. So I want to go to a website and get an estimate kind of like a feel for it. But I could also understand, especially with a a small business and expanding business, you don't want to just put your business out there because I know, I know corporations will undercut you to get you out of an area. And so they're out. I did not consider it from that perspective of it's not like a secretive thing. It's just I'm not trying to be undercut by like a bigger, larger company that can take a short term loss yes. to like kick someone out of an area. Mm. Exactly. Ooh, business gets pretty intense when you think about it, especially it's full time. So you have to think about it now. You have to think about it from every angle, like losing clientele, gaining clientele, being too expensive, being too cheap. It's just because you want to get paid for the work you do, but then you don't want to, I guess, price gouge the customer because, I mean, they they just want the job done. They want it done right, but you want to feel like you've gotten paid for what you've done as well. So it's kind of a balance. I mean, if it's if it's really bad and you really don't want to do it and you really don't want to charge them what you really feel is necessary, I'll just deny the work because I know that they wouldn't want to pay what I'd, I'd quote them. That's happened before. So it's 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 kind of a balance. It really is. A, it's not even kind of. It is a balance that you have to work. These are literally things that I was just like, everyone's happy. No, <laughs> it gets, it's competitive out there. The, the logistics are intense. It can be. You know, you, you have, I think in my neighborhood alone, I've seen seven different lawn crews. So. But I will say that area out there is booming. So there's it's new stuff all the time. Yeah, I feel like it's enough. It's enough of a a pie for everyone to have a piece. But you never know. Never know who you're at the table with. (laughs) That's yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing better said than that. So like, how did you like come to that? Like knowing that these are all the angles you had to look at. Cause I remember you said before, like you worked with your uncle in the summer, like that was kind of like your introductory. Right. But yeah. like now as 
you have your own business? Like, were there books that you read? Were there things you listened to? Like, how did you like, or was this just like, oh no, as an entrepreneur, you need to know these things? Uh, I'm glad you brought up, I'm going to go back to the beginning, as you said, I'm glad you brought up my uncle. So I would like to say that um, dear old Uncle Jim has passed away in January. And I uh, just want to say that I, I want to put this out there and say this episode, I want to dedicate it to him, if that's cool with y'all. Of course. Absolutely. All right. Now, back to Emma. So, it was no books that I picked up, like, you know, Entrepreneurs for Dummies or anything like that. Because as, as I said in the first episode, so I started this business just to get extra money, right? Like, it was, you know, we had a situation here at home. I felt the need to, I needed to go make some more money. So, it was what I learned just along the way, especially with giving quotes, then doing the work and realizing I didn't get paid enough. So that was already something I started to to put in my mind. So, okay, I didn't, I really, I spent X amount of hours here, but I got this much money. So it's like, I only made, it was times I probably made 10 bucks an hour because <laughs> I, I wasn't quoting it correctly. You know, I, I was trying to get business and trying not to price gouge, as I said, and it just wasn't working. So it was either charge more or stay the same and feel like, you know, I'm, basically getting the short end of the stick and that just wasn't gonna wasn't gonna work with the plans to go full time now if it was just extra money then maybe you know because that was more of a necessity at that point so after the first side hustle season which would have been 2020 that's when i i kind of dialed in and was like okay so i'm getting x amount of clients now my name is getting out there i can't always be known as the I guess the cheapest guy around. So I need to level the playing fields. And I did, I did some research. I called around just to see what an estimate would be for my size yard or my, this size job. It was some, some ghost research because I wasn't going to have them do the, do the job, but <laughs> I wanted to know what the next guy or next crew was doing. So it wasn't any books I read. It was just things I learned along the way and, and feeling like when I got done with the job, I didn't get paid well. So it was, that's where pricing came in and then just seeing growth in the area and knowing, okay, in this year I should be able to get this many clients because this many houses are being built. So it was more or less a domino effect. So I see a new neighborhood going up and you can ask my, ask my kids, Chris, when you see them next time. So when I see a a neighborhood going up, I'll ask them, I say, what do I see when I, when I look over there and they say money because I see new, new development. <laughs> subdivision or something going up and that's just that's immediately where my mind goes so it was more of a mindset change for me as opposed to um side hustle to full-time no books read though <laughs> no book no that's okay because i think sometimes a lot of people like they'll read all the books right and then they'll either scare themselves off of it or they'll be coming in with such this like uh, i don't know the word for it but like it's so like academically driven versus like no you need to get out there and actually do the work because you're not going to know the book can't tell you everything it can give you a guide but and i mean i will say i didn't even i didn't really build i mean i, I built my clientele don't get me wrong but i did have uh, a person in my neighborhood who um i met one time when i was at a lawn and he walked up on me it was 2019 and he asked me how many bonds i had and how many lawns did I need or whatnot? And his name is Brett. He actually started sending me my first piece of like huge referrals, like two or three lawns here at a time, four or five. And he really um, stuck to his word. So yeah, so between Brett and then just dialing in what I needed to do to be successful later on and not make this a side hustle is where it kind of, kind of sparked. So 
That's awesome. You know, going off of all of that, what would you consider to be the most rewarding thing, you know, now that you're fully full time and, you know, doing all of that? Doing my job and going home. Like, mm-hmm. do I'm responsible for and going home. Because a lot of times in corporate America, you know, you, you have these job titles and, you know, and, and yes, this is your job title. And yes, you've probably done everything that you were supposed to do for that day. But there's always damage control. There's always your phone ringing. There's always something that that can happen throughout the day. And, and don't get me wrong, things happen throughout my day as well. But once I'm done, I'm done. You know, no one's going to call me and say, hey, can you come in? And trim this hedge at, at nine o'clock at night. It's just not going <laughs> to But I've worked in corporate America. I worked for Pepsi for 11 years. I mean, I held a position at one time where my phone would ring at three in the morning. Oh, man. So biggest reward for me was or is doing my job and going home. No, no, three in the morning. Oh, yes. Three in the morning. Yes, it, it has happened. I don't even doubt it because I just oh, that's the, the name of working for someone else game. Yes. Yes. Even with you having hours, business hours, what whatever you call it, there's just always that sense of, oh, something happened. I got to call you at whatever time. Oh, o'clock. I know. Yeah. And it's definitely a trying time in, in, in my life at that moment. When my phone is ringing at three in the morning. It's not fun. <laughs> so I was like, man, even, but no one's calling Wilson's lawn care at three in the morning. Like, man, I need a quote on a lawn. Like, that's not. Right now at 3 a.m. <laughs> Because <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there are people that call at not business hours because I would I imagine like even as a consumer myself, I'm working during the day. So I don't necessarily have time to like, you know, make those types of phone calls. But I will say I'm not calling nobody at three in the morning trying to get a quote on anything, really. So that is nice to just be like, there's more normal, respectable hours at this point. No one's trying to like beat your door down at one in the morning talking about, cool, I'll see you at work in four hours because so and so called off today and it. You know, it's on you this time. And then there's no, you know, hey, you have to stay late. If I'm if I'm running late, it's because of something I did throughout the day and not because making me stay late because I have to clean up after X, Y and Z. So that peace of mind has been one of the biggest successful things for me. So with making that transition to full time. So this is what you're doing all the time. Wilson's Lawn Care. Are there downsides that come with moving away from a corporation, away from a company, and into full-time self-employment? Um, I think initially the downside thought process, I won't say just total downside, but the downside of the thought process is not having that steady, for me anyway, that steady every Friday paycheck. I guess just putting yourself in the mind frame of, okay, so these checks are going to stop, so therefore you have to keep going to you know get get paid. And I think I don't want to call it a downside because I mean, yeah, you're your own boss, but at the same time for me, since I'm a, I'm a one man crew, so I'm by myself all day, pretty much besides bringing, I bring Bryce with me sometimes. So other than that, (laughs) 90% of the times I'm by myself. So I think the downside for me is almost feeling like, okay, it's all on me to get it done, which I put myself in that position. But at the same time, you know, it kind of, works on you say okay i have to do this i have to do it i have to do it and that's just it can be it can be challenging sometimes but i don't i don't view it in a negative way because as i said i put myself in that position but i think that's one of the things i deal with just being by myself all day feeling like this much is on my shoulders and this much is what i have to accomplish for the day so 
Do you ever miss like the, what do they call it? You know, the chit chats of the water cooler. Yeah, you, like, <laughs> the metaphor, you know, of just like talking to what other people the- at your job. <laughs> You're self-employed. So you're, you're, like you said, you're doing your own work 90% of the time. And so I don't know the nature of your work was before, but I know that like a lot of people, even if they work like in a cubicle, generally speaking, there's other people around. And so I'm just curious to see if that's also something that I do those subtle things that you're just like, dang, I wish I could talk to Bill at the water cooler today. Exactly. I have one really good friend that works. He still works for Pepsi. And, and, and when I left, it was, a bittersweet moment. Of course, he was supportive of what I was doing. You know, he was like, you know, go do your thing, but you suck for leaving, basically. <laughs> but yeah, we still keep in touch. I mean, not as much as we don't speak every day as, as we used to, but I mean, you know, he he's definitely a good friend of mine. And that's that's probably something I'm one thing I missed from Pepsi. But other than that, I mean, I'm I'm OK. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I, I hadn't really, I, I definitely haven't missed the work because, I mean, it was still physical labor, so I'm still doing that as well. So it's not like I missed the work. It's just more or less some of the people that I, that I miss. So the, the conversations at the water cooler. You know, it's like the, when you're a teacher, it's in the teacher's lounge. Like everyone has yep. their little spot there where you, you gather. Yep, like yep, it just, yep. where everyone gathers and they have their little chit chat, their little check in, their debriefs, all that stuff. So uh, I was just curious if like moving from, a group work to independent work. Was that something that hadn't even crossed my mind until today? I was just like, wait, cause some, there are some days where I'm like, I don't need to talk. Generally speaking, I don't need to talk to no one most of the time. Me either. But like, you know, there are days where it's like, man, I could really go for a conversation right now. Almost like a burger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go work by myself. I, I can do it. I don't need anybody to talk to, blah, blah, blah. And then week two hits and you're like, dang, I got nobody to talk to. <laughs> you know, I really want to tell someone about the snake that I found. <laughs> oh, I called him. I told him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> you would not believe what I found today. Oh, man. See, those are just the moments. But uh, that is amazing. So moving into 2023, this will be season two of full-time Wilson's Lawn Care. Do you have any goals set up for yourself in terms of this year? Of course, there's the unexpected things like weather and all that fun stuff. But generally speaking, what are your goals for Wilson's Lawn Care in 2023? I'd like to get to 140 clients total. Nice. That's reachable, if, you know, from where I left off last season. So I think that that can be definitely something I, I should be able to accomplish, provided that, you know, I get those leads or I get those word of mouth referrals and whatnot or when people just track down the street and they're waving at me to you know come down does that happen oh all the time all the time time. (laughs) when you do good work people want to know yes but i didn't know like the whole chasing that down you know chasing you down uh, down the street (laughs) you know a few houses down you know they walk down the sidewalk and they come and you know make sure you see them and yeah wow Gaining, gaining those new clients would be a goal of mine and something else is a goal. So this year, I, I've already put out there that I'm going to jump into the Christmas light game. I'm going to hang Christmas lights this year. So I'll probably be starting that around November. I'm a little afraid. I am, you know, just, just because I, I've never done it. You know, it's just something new. 
which I have people I can ask, you know, how it goes, how do you do this, what goes where. So I'm not necessarily worried about how to do it. I'm more worried about doing it safely. <laughs> that makes That's what sense. I was going to say. Do you do your own? Do you put Christmas lights on your own home? Not. So going back to uh, the guy I mentioned, Brett, Brett d- does my lights. <laughs> This year, I will be I will be handling it myself. Yeah. So as I said, it's 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 pretty scary and not necessarily a scary business to jump in. It's just you know kind of just be cautious. You know, I'll be I'll be worried when I get on my first roof to to hang lights. But I think once I get the hang of it, you know, it'll be just like mowing the lawn. And you know, you're up there, you do it, you get down, you go. So that's that's a goal of mine too. So I'm, I plan to to jump into that and hopefully grow that business as well. So. Wilson's light care. Got to put that on the other side of the truck. Switch it out for the winter and the fall. I hadn't thought about changing the name, but I just thought Wilson's about Wilson's Christmas care. Just adding it to my my flyer, basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even a business I would even consider because I can only get like four steps up on a ladder, and then nature takes He's over, woozy. and then <laughs> I start getting woozy. I give up. I'm like, no. I've been running from it for a while now. So I mean, I've been, you know, everyone tells me, hey, man, you're leaving money on the table for the off season. You could just do this. It's helpful. I've been running from it for a while. So this year I'm going to jump in and hope awesome. things go well. So it's tough. I remember growing up, like we would do the lights on our house. Now we only lived in a single level, right? But just like going around and like, I'd have to hold the ladder. And then, of course, I could never do the lights. My sister always had to do the lights because she was older. And I was like, I want to hang some lights. She's like, fine, you get up here. And I did one. And I was like, actually, I'll hold the ladder. That's hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I've seen it done. And I mean, it doesn't take long once you seem like you know what you're doing. So, I mean, I've seen guys hang lights in 30 minutes on a two-story home. So, man. Yeah, I know. I'm like, ooh, what are you doing? You're going to (laughs) die. <laughs> but you know, if I feel like it's not for me, then you know I will fold up my tent and go home. <laughs> so those are my biggest goals: just to get the clientele to where I where I would like for it to be, and start in the Christmas light game. And I guess third would be I'm really trying to do a four day work week. So love that for you. I love that for you. I am here for a four day work week. That would be so awesome. I just think with the amount of clientele I'd like, it'll be rough. But if my math is right, that'll be about 23, 22, 23 lawns a day, which can be a lot. And it can be a lot from Monday through Thursday. So that just sounds like a lot. But gosh, but yes, four day work week here for it. I hope that happens for you. And it's like, you know, 22, 25 lawns a week or lawns a day. So that'd be awesome. (laughs) We'll see. Okay. You know, four day work weeks are the new... The new thing. So everyone's going for four days. So, okay. As we should. As we should be. (laughs) So thank you so much for coming on the show. What is your final rating of owning a business for your first year? Finishing season one, final rating. I would give it a solid 4.2. Solid 4.2. Reason being is, as I said, I think with working for yourself, you have a lot of weight on your shoulders and the stress level can be pretty heavy. So I think the stress kind of brings that five-star rating because, of course, you want to work for yourself and do well and be successful and make millions of dollars, right? But (laughs) the stress definitely outweighs some days on you. So I'd say a solid four points. 
That's still pretty high in my book. My service is five star. My my lawn care service is five star. <laughs> That's important right there. Just putting it out there. You know, on Google Review, Wilson's Lawn Care, five star business right there. Is there anything that you would like to add? Any final thoughts as we wrap up for Wilson's Lawn Care 22 going into Wilson's Lawn Care 23? I think I want to reiterate something I said on the first episode we had. So if you're really looking to start you a business, find out something you're passionate about, go for it. Don't let anyone laugh at your ideas, you know, and, and discourage you. They may laugh. You know, I was laughed at. People told me I was crazy. But, you know, go for it. If it's not successful and you really want it to be successful, you got to take those steps to be successful. So it's like you have to dial in and just go for it. So I think with anything that we all want to do as human beings, it, it takes effort. Uh, I feel like anyone out there that wants to start their own business, stop being afraid, put in the effort and go do it. That's my last piece of advice. So that works out. Y'all heard it here from Wilson's Lawn Care. Brian Wilson, founder, CEO right there. Just do it. Just do it. (laughs) All right. Well, with that, it is time for our rapid fire question. Okay, so in true fashion, I always go first. All right. We were talking in the beginning of the episode about, you know, parts of our body that just don't work that how they used to. So I'm asking, which part of your body would you like to be robotic <laughs> or bionic? <laughs> like enhanced or just replaced? Replaced. Like it can go back to being 15 years old, 19 years old again. <laughs> oh, I'm going feet and knees. Yes. Yes. My, I told y'all earlier, my feet kill me and then i've i've had surgery on my left knee so i need that to go back to being 15 years old again <laughs> mm. man when i see like my students when they play basketball and they play volleyball and stuff and they're just jumping you know just like jumping just like without abandon i'm like your knees are gonna hate you in 20 years but i'm not gonna be the one to tell you that i'm not gonna be the hater but you know like i'm just like i also agree my feet i wish i took better care of my feet <laughs> what about you chris i guess just like recovery time from injuries oh you wish it was faster yeah there are things that like i don't like even like little scratches and stuff take a little longer just just a little bit longer you know i actually have to like i used to just be able you know they used to say like you know you just rub some dirt on it and go like that was growing up your body just figured it out and now it's just like nope if i don't put neosporin on it three times a day a band-aid <laughs> everything like it just it don't it doesn't do what it's supposed to do i'm just like oh this is too much so yes just general recovery if we could just put that back that would be wonderful i agree i'm with that too <laughs> like i've fallen recently and you know i felt like those like you know like i've fallen and can't get up like falling now <laughs> as an adult it hurts so much worse i like fell and i was like no i'm just gonna stay down here for a second because i know the recovery time's about to be a month like i'm just gonna stay down here take the l and that is okay <laughs> you just don't get it back up as fast as you used to <laughs> yeah, you get up fast either. you might as well yeah take take it take a break just lay there and then get up you're right it'd be your own body it'd be your own body <laughs> brian what's your question for today so I'm going to stick with entrepreneurship. If you guys could start a business, what would it be? Oh. I would have my own little, I actually have this at starting. It might be a real thing that I might do. So I want to have a like homestead, tiny home out in like, not quite rural, but like farther out than the suburbs 
and it would be a farm to table restaurant slash cooking culinary class. Yeah. So really teaching people how to sustainably grow their own food and then what to do with it. So you grow these vegetables, but then what do I do with these things that I just pulled in from the garden? And so that would be my ideal. And then having the restaurant as well. So having, and it would be a seat, like, you know, it has to go with the seasons of what's growing. So having a seasonal menu and what's available from literally nature. And so that would be my my ideal business right there. I've been thinking about this one for a long time. Yeah, you were ready. He was ready. Did you see that? I was to say feet and knees. That's a- <laughs> He was like, I am so glad you asked. We're going to have a whole episode <laughs> on this future business. So thank you, Brian. <laughs> oh, man. If I could start any business, I feel like I have like so many thoughts about like owning your own business because I saw my parents do it for so long that I'm just yeah. like... It's such hard work. Like, I know what goes into it. But ideally, if I had, like, all the backing, I had all the things, I think I'd want to open, like, a bookstore. But not just a bookstore. But, like, you go in and you can get the books, but you pair it with, like, your favorite beverage. Like, oh, I want this wine. Oh, here's a good book that goes with that wine. Oh, I want this coffee. So here's a good book that goes with that coffee. Mm. You know, like, a little a little cozy area. Because I do enjoy reading a good book with a hot beverage. That's nice. I hope no one steals this idea. I know. Can you bleep that out, Chris? I was just about to <laughs> hit out the whole response. She just wants Emma says she wants a bookstore. I don't know. There were no other details given. A bookstore. There was nothing else given. Just let her say bookstore and then move on. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Next question. Chris's one is just gonna be homestead. Move on. Yeah, I don't need to know what the ideas were. Maybe I shouldn't have asked that question. Mm. That's okay, but if it comes out, then you know that it came from us. You know, I'm gonna be like, I had that, I had that idea first. But again, intellectual property—that one's a hard one to prove. Yeah. Even that, even if someone does it, I can always do it better and like my style. So remember, there's no competition. That's mm, true. Exactly. That's so true. try it if you want to. I'll still do it better. Well, Brian, did you have, I guess, another side hustle that you would do and turn into a full entrepreneurship? I would do this all over again, but early. Wow. But earlier in life, I would have never quit working with Uncle Jim if I could go back. Seriously, if I could do it, I'd have been 18, fresh out of high school, with probably, who knows right now. But With the good knees? Yeah, but at least I'm doing it now. It's turning out to be somewhat successful. So yeah, I would do this all over again, but just earlier. Okay, well, my question that comes from the book, what is the biggest personal change you've ever made? I, uh, I... Bite my nails for years. I mean, from five years old to probably now I'm 38. I probably stopped at 36. So yeah, as the biggest personal change I've made, and it was just like I'm not gonna do it anymore, and I didn't. Whoa. So it no health reasons. No. Well, I mean, of course, I know it's unhealthy to do, but you know, usually people change things because oh, they don't want to have a heart attack or something like that. But no, it was <laughs> personal change. I just. Stop doing it one day and haven't done it since. So I was a nail biter too. I used to like, but mine was like so bad. I used to bite the cuticles too. Me too. Oh yeah. Me too. And then, you know, like when you would go in like swimming or like if you're in the shower for too long, like my nails look wretched. Like it looked bad. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That's not my big change. <laughs> <laughs> I love that for you though. <laughs> oh man. I don't a big, my big personal change. Chris stumped you with this. Yeah. Chris, do you have one? <laughs> <laughs> oh, like your vegetarianism? Person. Well, thanks for taking my answer, Emma. 
Oh, sorry. What's your big personal change, Chris? Uh, okay, I'm just gonna go now. Where where can people find the podcast? No. Okay, so for anyone who does not know my life story, let me expand it a little bit. So I was raised a normal food eater for my entire life. But then I realized in college that I didn't actually want to eat meat anymore because I thought it was really weird. It was a whole thing that I went through for a while. I thought about it for a very long time. And so then when I moved to the Dallas-Fort Worth area, which was also a big personal change for me, it's the first time I'd moved that far away from home, I decided I was just going to jump into being a vegetarian and very similar, you know, following in that same cold turkey vein. I just stopped eating meat one day and just haven't looked back since. Shemaine, she's probably going to be mad at me because I didn't say the the meat eating, the vegetarian thing. <laughs> I mean, y'all are still pescatarian. You know? <laughs> your nails, really? Your nails? That's important. <laughs> it is, though. Hey, that is an important one. I think, you know, your pescatarianism also important, too. Oh, man, I have so many big changes, Christopher. I can't think of one. Um, big personal change. You know, you know what? It's definitely the negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. I think it was until I was probably 25. I had, like, the worst negative self-talk. Like, anything that went bad, it was always, like, framed in the negative. And I don't know what shifted it. For me to think like, oh, actually, that's like really toxic. You got a toxic relationship with your body. So I think that's definitely something that was a big change was like reframing the like the talk, like the negative self-talk. I like that. That's probably the moment when your brain fully developed. That's when my prefrontal cortex became an adult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, actually, I'm not that bad. The rest of you, you're bad. Trash. <laughs> Trash. <laughs> Everyone else's fault. <laughs> Well, Brian, where can people find more information about Wilson's Lawn Care? You can find Wilson's Lawn Care by reaching out to 682-241-0809 if you'd like to give me a call for a free estimate on anything you need with your lawn. Woohoo! Well, check it out. Check it out. And Emma, where can people find the podcast? You can find our podcast on Instagram and Twitter at the Tea with Crema. If you'd like to buy us a cup of tea, you can also find us on Venmo at the Tea with Crema. You can also stream our podcast anywhere that you like to stream your podcasts. We hope to see you next time. Bye. Huge shout out to my wife on her 33rd birthday. Happy birthday, Shemaine Wilson. I love you.